did mention that my the group with Kurt is delayed. Yeah. And great. One other thing is if you are new, we have these uh, gift bags in the back. We'd love for you to pick one up. Got some cookies in it and uh, like some information about our church. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you're interested, we'd love to help you with that. We really love just journeying with people. We don't expect that you come in here having it all figured out. So there's a gift bag actually in the back for those who are want to know more about a relationship with Jesus. So grab one of those bags if that fits you, or if you know somebody and you want to give it to them, right? And uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's pray. Let's go ahead and uh, have the ushers come on up, collect the connect card and the giving. Let's thank the Lord and, uh, and, and, uh, and pray, and then we'll dive into the word. So first, Father, we thank you for those who have sacrificed and laid down their life, and those who have served uh, our country, and really forerunners for our own uh, freedoms and things like that that we enjoy. But we thank you for them. We bless them. We honor them. And we pray, Father, especially for the families of veterans and people who have given their life. We pray, Father, that your, your grace would abound to them today, even maybe that they're at a memorial. We pray, Father, you'd bless them and comfort them and strengthen them. Lord, people like, uh, like the parents of the of the youth that, uh, that, 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 that I mentioned, Lord, that they would turn to you, God. That they would look to you and that you would be the comfort. I pray that, 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 that people in our country wouldn't grieve without hope, but they'd find that their hope is in you, Lord. And Father, we pray that restoration would happen in our country, in all the countries, in all the nations of the world. And Father, we want your kingdom to come. And so, Father, right now we give to you and we honor you as our God, as our provider. And we give into the work of the kingdom right now. We give that the gospel would go to the nations. We give that the gospel would reach this community. We give so that people would turn to Jesus, bow their knee, and follow Jesus as Lord. We give because we are citizens of heaven. And so we ask that you would take these dollars that we're giving and you would multiply them and cause there to be fruit for the gospel, fruit for the kingdom of people coming to know you, leaders being raised up, churches being planted. And Father, I pray those who are sowing into your kingdom and honoring you, that you would bless them. Kick it back to them, Lord, tenfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and collect the giving. Cool. Good stuff. Good, good. Okay, turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And thank you. Those of you who keep praying for our church, keep, please keep praying. Thank you, who, and uh, keep sowing into what God is, is doing, this multiplying of leaders and reaching more people. Keep praying for a facility, too. I don't have any updates, but we are looking always and praying. So just keep praying. Just keep praying for us and keep blessing uh, leaders in that regard. All right, here we go. So we, uh, this is uh, actually kind of an accident here. That's all right, though. Just my fault, not Sam's. But we started a series called, hey, there you go, Sam, way to go. We, called it, we started a series called Stewarding the Kingdom on Easter. And if you remember, we're learning that Jesus is the owner, right? He's our Lord and our master, and we're stewards. That everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have, we have been call, given to by God, right? Every relationship, every second, every dollar or penny, whatever, right? Every, every relationship we have, our marriage, our kids, our job, our work, our calling, our ministry, all these things are grace from God. Every breath we breathe, grace from God, that he wants us to steward these things for his kingdom and his glory. And the reality is, is that many people, they want to see the blessings of God. In fact, we, you remember that I've said, look, the Lord wants to bless us. I've showed you in the word of God that God wants to bless his people. He doesn't want people struggling and in poverty or in bondage. He wants us free. He wants us blessed. He wants us whole. He wants us strong. But the thing is, is that where so many people, they want the blessing of God, but they don't know that it's not automatic, right? It's not like automatic transmission. It's more like manual transmission. You got to push in the clutch and put the car into gear. That it's not something that God just wants to do for us, that the blessing of God is something he needs to work in us and through us. And so what God is teaching us is how to be faithful in the little so that we can be faithful in much. If we'll steward the blessing of God, if God, will, if God gives us something, he blesses us, and we steward that well, the finances or our time or our relationships. This is not works, this is not earning or anything. It's stewarding the grace of God. And as we steward that, as we're faithful in the little, 
he'll make us faithful in much, which means you went from little to much, right? The blessing of God, he increases you as you're faithful. So this is what we've been focused on. Now, in the midst of that series, you remember, the Lord spoke to me, and I'd never done this, that we did like a little, we're doing like a little sub-series. Because the Lord said, well, hold on a sec. I want you to teach my people and remind them that they can hear the Lord and that we need to, right? So last week, I showed you those promises in the Word of God. We started a sub-series, and it's called, They Will All Be Taught by God, which is a phrase that comes out of Isaiah 54, 13, where God promises, because of who we are in Christ, because of His Spirit dwelling in us, it's because we're children of God, we're born again, His Spirit lives in us, He promises that all of us can be taught by God. And Jesus quoted that in John six forty five, confirming that all of us will be taught by God. Why? Because Jesus has fulfilled it. In fact, I showed you scriptures from Jeremiah 31, which has been fulfilled by Jesus' death on the cross, requoted in Hebrews, that we all know the Lord. And statements that Jesus makes in John chapter 10, that we're all his sheep, and he says, my sheep hear my voice. Or in Romans chapter 8, where it says, as many as are sons of God are led by the Spirit, or as many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. What is it saying? Saying that if you're his kid, you can hear his voice and be led by the Spirit. This is what the Lord wants to convince us of, and he wants to show us how to hear his voice. In fact, it's an issue of stewardship. If we'll steward the voice of the Lord, We'll go from faithful and little to faithful and much. And this is where we've been learning. We need to be a people. If we're going to be built on the rock of Jesus, if we're going to see our lives be blessed, solid people like Jesus wants, we need to come to Jesus, hear his sayings, and do them. So this series, we're kind of like stopping and saying, oh, wait a minute, let's make sure we're hearing, right? Let's not run off and learn principles of stewardship you know, we need principles. We need wisdom, how to steward our money or our time. But I'll tell you, none of those principles can provide for us. Amen? I remember one time reading about financial wisdom, and I love all that stuff, to be honest. With you. I love the Proverbs, and I love wisdom about anything, right? I love, I love books on relationships. I love books on finance. Okay, so I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm learning. Especially as a new Christian, I didn't know anything about this stuff. So I'm gaining wisdom. And I remember reading at one point a bunch of financial wisdom, a bunch of principles, good stuff. I would teach it myself. And I remember at the end, I'm reading this, and the person says, but you know, you could do all these things, but you're not guaranteed anything. The person just kind of said, there's no guarantee. I was like, what? What? I mean, this person was surprised. Giving biblical principles here from the uh, verses from the Bible. But you know, you can do all this and there's no guarantee. You know, financial crisis, this and that. And I was like, what? To that person, the Bible had just become just the manual, right? We've said we need the manual and we need the meeting. That the Bible is the word of God written by the Holy Spirit, full of principles. But who wrote the Bible? The same God who died for us and then put his spirit inside of us and wants to lead us and guide us. Amen? We don't just need the manual. Man, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. If all you have are principles and all you have are, are, are these, just the Bible, and you don't have the leadership of the Spirit, you don't have the author of the Bible telling you how to interpret and apply the Bible, man, you're in the dark. You're just being led by your own intuition, your own wisdom trying to figure this stuff out, and actually the guy's kind of right. If all you have is principles, you aren't guaranteed anything. If your faith is in principles, you're not guaranteed anything. You can do all the principles, and boom, there could be some financial crisis, or you can get sick. But Jesus said, if you build your life on the rock by coming to me, hearing my sayings and doing them, right? If your trust is in Jesus... If you're depending on Jesus, doing what Jesus said, he said, you know, he's the rock, right? He said, oh, the storm will come, but it won't take you out. It's sad. I'm reading that guy, and he's like, there's no guarantee. Let me tell you, there is a guarantee, but it's not in the things of this world, 
And it's not just in you trusting in your own self, your own wisdom. So we need to learn stewardship. We need to learn stewardship. Yes, the Lord wants us to be faithful in the little so we can increase. But it can never be just us figuring these things out on our own. I'm not against the books, like I said. I like the books. But what happens is we read these books and we're trying to manage our money or find out how to fix my marriage. But it's all about me. It's all about my effort and my wisdom and what I can do. And it really is ultimately about me. So I get to pick and choose which principles I like because if the book tells me something that I need to change, it's like, no, because it's my spouse. And what we need is we need the Lord, right? We need the Lord to speak to us, to tell us how to get a breakthrough in our marriage or how to get a breakthrough in our finances or that storm comes, some economic thing and you're, oh, I need a job. And you hear people, the economy, right? The economy, oh yeah, that's the storm. But Jesus, right? can speak in the midst of that thing and give you a job when no one else can get a job. Amen? Amen. We don't just have principles. We have a Savior. We have a Lord. Yes? Amen. Amen. So you, you can be led by the Lord. You can hear God. And this is what the Lord wants us to do. We need to hear God. And we can hear the Lord. I was just even reflecting. You know, sometimes I start thinking all the different times the Lord has spoken. and, And I was just even thinking these last couple weeks. In fact, a lot last week. How much the Lord spoke to me from different, in different things. And, and I'm going to go into this more next week of how the Lord communicates. But even just, uh, let, let, me just get, let me give you an example here. I, I had to write it down because I, I don't know if I could remember all of them. So I remember it was something like in the middle of the week. In the middle of the week, I'm, I, uh, I, I, go to, I go to work and I sit down at my Bible and I start reading just in my normal place of reading, okay? Just not even like the Holy Spirit told me to turn here, which he does sometimes. Just start to open it up, Colossians chapter three, and I'm reading Colossians chapter three, or maybe I even started Colossians one, I'm just reading through the Bible. And here it is, I get to Colossians three, and it says, and forgiving any whom, with whom you have a complaint. And I thought, I have a complaint. I need to Forgive. See, just like that, here I am just doing my devos and the exact thing I needed to hear for that day to release any kind of complaint and forgive, right? It didn't say forgive if nobody did anything to you. It said if you have a complaint, forgive. Just right there in the word of God, right there. The manual. And the Holy Spirit just coincidentally, right? I happened to read that section of scripture that day, that exact phrase that hit me. Is that, is that an accident? I heard the Lord. Later that day, I think it was that exact day, um, I'm hanging out with uh, Dan, and we're praying over some stuff, and there was something that was bothering him, and we, we prayed over it, some family stuff, you know, talking together and ministering. And I spoke to him just off the top of my head, hey, you know, Romans 12 says, as much as it uh, depends on you, live at peace with all men. Romans 12, 8. I didn't know that it was Romans 12, 8. I remembered it was in Romans 12. I don't even think I said that. I think I just said, hey, by the way, just as much as it depends on you, live at peace. And I, I was more encouraging him to, to be forgiving and loving, but also maybe set some boundaries, you know, and just, you know, do your part, okay? I mean, it's just real simple. It was just like, we're praying, we're talking, nothing big. Okay, that night... We're at the men's group, and he happens to be there. And we were encouraging one another, and then we just say, hey, let's pray, right? So the men were just pacing back and forth in the room. We're all praying. People were just praying. And in the midst of that, Dan asked God. We didn't, I didn't know this. Dan asked God, God, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. And the Lord told him, turn to Romans 12. And he's been in that book. You know, he's kind of been in Romans a little bit. And then the Lord said, verse 8. And he turns to verse 8 and he reads it. And it's the exact thing that I told him earlier that day. You think God was trying to get his attention? Maybe a little bit? Isn't that interesting how that works, huh? Right there from the Bible, but how did Dan find it? The exact thing he needed to hear, right? Now I come to church and Shelly tells me that she's in that same portion of Scripture. I was like, oh, this is interesting. He's like, yeah, God's been speaking to me from Romans 12 and encouraging. I'm like, this is amazing, right? should read it okay i get a text message from raj 
a prophetic word to my wife. I, oh, right? Oh, hey, this is, I'm thinking this is the word of the Lord here. Right? So I call my wife. We talk about it. Michelle and I pray about it. We start implementing that prophetic word. This is all happening in one week. What, what, what's God doing? On one hand, I needed some course correction and some adjustment. Over here, I'm ministering to somebody. Over here, I'm receiving a word. I mean, I say me in the sense it's my wife and, and uh, you know, we're one. But so I, you know, I ministered that to my wife. I read her the word. We prayed together. We took authority over some things and all that. Uh, what else? I know there was some other things. Oh, yeah, check this out. This was a weird one. So one night, and this doesn't happen very often. I don't have a lot of dreams. Mostly I don't have dreams because my kids wake me up. But now they don't wake me up as much, so I have more dreams. But I, I've never been like much of a dream person. Anyways, in my dream, I kept hearing, like it was being read to me, John chapter 8. Uh, part of it. When, it. when Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Like it was like, I don't know, it was in my dream. So what do I do? I wake up in the morning. That's interesting. And I go, and uh, that morning I, I, I went to Starbucks, thought I could get some grading done there. And uh, that didn't really work all that well to get the grading done. So I just came back home and did grading. I had to get the grading done. Uh, and uh, but while I'm there, I, I, I did some devos. All right? So I spent some time, just uh, put the headphones on, worship music, just started praying a little bit quietly. Uh, and then uh, reading it, I just went to John. I just read John 8. Hey, Lord, what are you, I don't know, what are you doing? And just read it and just got to that part. Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was... I am. I just start meditating. I'd read it over and over, just meditating on it. I mean, honestly, I think like I was ended up, I ended up doing that for a couple of hours and didn't even realize it. That happens to me. But I, I was like, I was going there to grade, you know, and I was just meditating on this. And even as I meditated, I just had that strong, the presence of God came on me. And I just, I just heard Jesus. I am. That was good stuff. You're like, where's the application? That was it. <laughs> Jesus and me hanging out, having a good time, and ever since, you know, and I just that's I've kind of keep meditating on that, and uh, it just part of, part of my worship. Let that be part of my worship. What, what, what's going on? I needed some correction. I needed some revelation from the Lord on who He is, or maybe part of His Word. All right, get to minister to somebody, get to receive a word. Do, do you see this? That was all in one week. It's on one week. Now, does that happen to me all the time? No, no. But I will say, on any given week or month, this is the kind of thing that's happening. Just reading the Bible, hearing the Lord as I'm listening to a sermon. I'm hearing the Lord for you, right? I'm seeking the Lord, and he's speaking to me for the church. It's an added thing. Maybe for my kids, right? The Lord wants to speak to us. You you can and you need to hear God for every area of your life. For your marriage, for your finance, for the little things, for the big things, for direction. You can and you need to get revelation from the Lord. You can get insight into the word of God. Jesus can come and reveal himself to you. Principles, truths about who God is, truths about your identity. God can speak to you about your purpose right there from the word of God. And listen, it doesn't have to be a dream or an angel, or a vision, or any of those things. I remember as a new Christian, I didn't get any of that stuff. People get prophetic words and all this stuff, and I was full of self-pity, but like, I just thought, what's wrong with me? Maybe Jesus doesn't love me, you know? But you know, all along, the Lord was speaking to me from the word, and giving me insights and principles, and the Lord was speaking to me. But see, we compare to other people, or we think it should always look like this. Look, we don't need God to be more audible, We don't need the dreams and the visions necessarily. He can speak even without words. He can impress things on us. He can speak from the word of God. He can speak through dreams and visions and all that. He can do it however he wants. And I'll I'll show you in the word how he speaks. But that's not what we need. You might be thinking, oh, it doesn't happen for me. You might be thinking, I never had a dream. That's fine. Or you might be thinking, well, I don't hear God like that. Good. Or I don't hear God audibly. Me neither, rarely. So it's like, we don't need to go into those things. Here's what we need. We need to learn the hearing of faith. Galatians chapter 3. You're like wondering, are we going to read the Bible today? No. (laughs) Here we go. Galatians chapter 3. 
That's what we need. Galatians chapter 3, let me read it, and then I'll explain it. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. Very interesting phrase, isn't it? The hearing of faith. Hearing the gospel, hearing the word, hearing the truth, hearing God's voice, but what? Believing it, right? And the Apostle Paul, he's correcting these Galatians who are getting sucked into works and the law and earning and doing things in their own flesh. What's flesh? Human intuition, human reasoning, human human plotting and planning and all that without Jesus. I mean, the, the planning is good in Christ, but doing all that, being led by my own feelings, my own mindset, leaning on my own understanding, that's the flesh. And Paul's trying to say, hey guys, hold on a sec. Did you receive the spirit? Did God save you, give you his spirit? Did, you, did that happen because you did some works of the law? Because you came to church and I preached the gospel to you and then we were like, okay, now you have to go paint five houses and you have to go do, say, 40 Hail Marys and then you can come to Jesus and be saved. no. You got saved because someone told you the gospel and you actually believed it. You believed, it might not even taken you a while, like me, but you came to a place at some point in your life where you believed Jesus died for me and rose again. And you put your trust in him and his spirit came inside you. That's what Paul's trying to say. That's what Paul's trying to say. He didn't earn it. You believed what you heard. But then he goes on and he says the same thing. He's saying, well, now, now having begun in the spirit, now you're trying to like accomplish this by the flesh. He's talking about you becoming like Christ. He's saying, okay, so, so that, that's the way you came into the kingdom. But now, now are you trying to become like Jesus and, 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 and get free in your life by your own human effort? See, that's what a lot of Christians do, don't they? They're like, they forget that I came to Christ through faith. And then they put faith aside and they either pick up works or they pick up the flesh, which is like, okay, I, I got to figure this out myself. I got to find a job. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta be responsible. I got to be wise. You know, you tell people, man, dude, you trust the Lord. And we don't mean sit around and do nothing. And they're like, but you got to be practical. We're like, well, I didn't say not to be practical. Faith is very practical. But they have this mindset, this dichotomy. They don't walk in the spirit. They walk in the flesh. And then he goes on and even gets more specific. He who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. He's talking about uh, people ministering, preaching the gospel, releasing healing in people's lives. He's also, how does that happen? Does that happen because somebody did works, earned it, did some magic? No, he says, he, that person ministering to you, ministers to you in, by the hearing of faith. By the hearing of faith. See, listen, here, here's the principle. Let me show you in the word. Hearing God is not so much about how God speaks to you, although it's important to know that. The issue is really on the inside of us. Did you notice it's called the hearing of faith? So what's the component that is critical to hearing God? It's not how, it's not... Well, is God audible or this or that? It's whether you believe when he speaks to you or when you hear. You and I are the variable. What we need to learn, what the Lord wants to show us today, is how to align our hearts with God, right? How do you align your heart? Through faith. How to align your heart and position yourself to hear God. Hearing God is not a component of your physical ears or some spiritual activity. It's faith. 
So you say, okay, I want to hear God more. What do I need to do? It's called the hearing of faith. See, a lot of us, we're so, if you will, we're like kind of like flying blind when it comes to this hearing God thing. You're like, yeah, Dave says that we can, and I want to, but I'm not, I'm not that person who doesn't really, and how do I do that? Where do I start? This is where you start. You increase your faith. And you can do that. Hearing God is a component of faith. Hearing God is something going on inside of your heart. What's often hindering us from hearing the Lord is what's on the inside of us. And when we are hearing the Lord, it's something going on on the inside of us. It's us positioning ourselves to hear the Lord. Right? So check this out. In Matthew, uh, in Matthew 13, Jesus even explains this whole dynamic in Matthew 13. Jesus tells the parable of the seed, which is the word going into four different soils, right? He says hard soil, rocky soil, thorny soil, good soil. And he says only the seed that fell on good soil grew up to be a plant to produce fruit. And he's talking about how the kingdom comes. That we receive the kingdom like a seed, and then it produces fruit. But there's these four different soils. Now, the disciples, they don't understand the parable, right? They don't understand the parable. And so they ask Jesus, what do you mean? And you notice, just like that verse that was up there, just before that, that Sam had up there, you'll notice how Jesus ends the parable. And you'll notice he often ends his teachings and parables like this, if you read through the Gospels. He says, let him who has ears, right? He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's not talking about our physical ears, right? You're not talking to say, if you have ears, say cheers, no, Mickey Mouse kind of stuff, right? He's saying, if you have ears to hear, he's talking about the hearing of faith. He's talking about something going on in this inside of you where you are catching what God is saying. See, the question isn't whether or not God is speaking. The question is whether or not you're sticky enough for it to land on you, right? And so Jesus explains to disciples in verse 11, he says, because they say, how come you speak in parables? He says, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. By the way, when he says that, that's another promise that we as disciples get to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Don't ever think, oh, well, that's a good verse for them. No, that's a good verse for you. That's the promise of God that now that you're in Christ, you can be led by the Spirit. Just like Jesus promised in John 16, I'll give you the Spirit of truth who will guide you into all truth. Same thing right here. Jesus is promising, I, it's been given to you. You have the authority to receive the mysteries of the kingdom. The things that, by the way, mysteries, meaning the things that are in the word of God that he wants to unveil to us and make clear to us. It means an, an, unveiled, mystery, an unveiled truth. And then, 12, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Pointing out the criticalness for us to be able to hear the Lord. If you can hear what I'm saying, you'll receive. But if you can't, people can't hear what I'm trying to teach them, they won't be able to receive what I have for them. So he explains it this way, and he quotes Isaiah in verse 14. Verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. Here's Jesus trying to get healing into people's bodies, deliverance into their souls, blessing of God into their lives, the purpose of God to break in 
to them. He's preaching the gospel to them. And, and, they're, and the disciples are wondering, hey, I, why, why do you tell them these parables? But also, like, why aren't people catching this? Why, why doesn't, like, everybody catch this? He says, because of their hearts. Their hearts are dull. Their hearts are hard. See, in order to receive the healing, the freedom, the breakthrough, the blessing of God, that comes with the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord that unlocks those things. Remember, G, uh, Jesus quoted this from Deuteronomy. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your provision, your breakthrough is one word from God. Jesus saying, I'm telling them the word. I'm speaking the word to them. But they have eyes, but they don't actually see because they're spiritually blind. They have ears, but they are deaf because they're spiritually deaf. And their hearts have become hard. So I'm trying to get them to see this, and they don't see it. I'm trying to get them to hear this, but they don't hear it. And it's because of that that's keeping them from being healed. Do you see what Jesus is trying to get at? Lovingly, he's trying to tell us, I'm not the problem. My word is not the problem. But there's something going inside of our hearts that needs to be adjusted. You notice what he's focusing on? Dullness or hardness of heart. You see that? Hardness of heart. See, there are things that are inside of us that can hinder us from hearing the Lord. That can hinder us from hearing the Lord. Some of that is as simple as unbelief. Notice that hearing of faith. If you don't believe that you can hear God, or if you don't believe that he wants to speak to you, or that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? You don't believe those things. It's going to shut down you hearing the Lord. If you don't believe that he's for you, that he wants to bless you, it's going to shut down you hearing from the Lord. If you're convinced he's, all, he's after you, he's trying to mess with you, he's playing with you like a cat and a mouse, that's your mindset of God, that's a deception, and it's going to shut down you hearing from the Lord because you're already walking in your own human reasoning. You're already living by sight rather than by faith. See, the hearing of faith, it has to begin with believing that what God said about himself and what he said about us is true. This can lead then to this hardness of heart. Paul, uh, the, Hebrews, the author of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews 3, 4. Or Hebrews 3, sorry, 3 and 4. He quotes from a psalm in verse 7. He says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they will always go astray in their hearts, they, and they have not known my ways. So I swore to them in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This is a psalm all the way back that David wrote, and he's referring to the time when the Israelites were in the wilderness, and God said to them, okay, I promised to bring you out of Egypt, and I did, and now I've promised to bring you into the promised land, and I will. So now let's go. Let's do it. And they said, oh, no, there's giants in the land, and we're afraid, and they can't. And so they started crying, and they rebelled against the Lord. And David is prophetically singing this psalm. You'll God singing through David. Today, if you hear my voice. Today, if you hear my voice. Today, if you hear my voice. That's the word of the Lord. See? Today, I'm speaking to you. Today, I'm bringing you the word of the Lord. Today, I'm bringing you the truth that's going to bring you into the promised land. Today, do you hear it? Do you hear it? He says, don't harden your heart. So David's singing this to his generation about the Israelite generation. And then David, and then the Hebrew author is singing or reading this, preaching this to the early church, which then, of course, is for us. And you notice, and then you notice what he says, his application in verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest... There be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. This is one of the reasons we need constantly be in the word, constantly encouraging each other, constantly speaking truth to each other, prophesying over each other, blessing and praying for one another. <clears throat> Excuse me, because... Because we need the word coming to us constantly so that we can hear him. But notice what the author is saying. The author is saying the problem isn't that you're not hearing God. The problem is, he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, meaning that God, he's speaking. I don't mean like every day that you're going to get a word from God. Sometimes he's silent because he already spoke. You need to implement what he said. I mean, so I'm not saying that it's going to look a certain way. But he's trying to say, look, I'm, oh, I'm always trying to get through to you here. 
I've got the wisdom you need. I've got the strategy you need. I've got the truth you need that's going to set you free. And I, it's right there. He says, but have you hardened your heart? You notice what the things he's saying. Unbelief hardens our heart. We start being discouraged and in despair and hopeless that God's not really going to come through. It shuts down our heart from receiving. Or the deceitfulness of sin. I'll tell you, the moment that you have unconfessed and hidden sin in your heart, it's going to shut down hearing the Lord. Right in 1 John, it says that if we walk in the light, we're with God because he's light. But if we walk in darkness, there's no fellowship with God or with people. Now, what it's saying is not that God moved, but that we moved, right? And it's not saying don't ever sin because it tells us in 1 John what the light is. He says, therefore, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He's saying that when we have unconfessed, unrepentant sin, when we basically are justifying that there, I didn't do anything, right? Let's say maybe you've got bitterness in your heart and unforgiveness towards somebody, and you are, keeps it, no, it's them, it's their fault. I have the right to be unforgiving. I have the right to be mad at them. I have the right to hold them, this against them. That kind of unrepentance will shut down your heart. You don't stop being a child of God. You still have a relationship with the Lord. His Spirit's in you. But because you shut it, you're not listening to Him. You're not listening to the, the, the voice of the Spirit at that point. And you're grieving the Spirit. And it says that we disconnect from fellowship. By the way, we disconnect from fellowship with God, but also from people. Sin will always cause our hearts to disconnect from God and believe, the believing community. Shame gets in there, right? Condemnation gets in there and just pushes people down. See, when you have this unconfessed sin, and confessing sin is actually one of the best strategies to break shame in your life, by the way. People will say that to me sometimes. Like, let's say they have sickness in their life, and I, and they, and I say, well, let's, let's minister healing to you. I say, well, yeah, but what if this is from my sin? What if this is because I've sinned? They say, you know, I did stuff in my past. And I say, so what if you did? I I don't preach a false gospel where we just try to make people feel good. Oh, no, you never sinned. No, I tell people, oh, oh, did you? Now, sometimes it's false guilt, right? But sometimes, you know, it's sin. I say, so, oh, you did? So did Jesus die for that sin? And then I'll say, Did you, have you confessed that sin? Have you repented of it? And sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't, and I walk them through it. I say, so have you confessed the sin? I mean, do you, have you, you turned from that? Well, yeah. I say, so, so you're his child. That's actually sometimes what I'll say first. They'll say, well, what if this is because of my sin? I say, well, you're still his kid. What am I doing? I'm getting people's faith in Jesus, not themselves, right? And I get them to come to a place where they'll confess it. It's not the only answer to shame, but I'll tell you, shame will always shut down your heart from receiving from God, always shut down your heart from, from crying out to God for help because you'll always think, I've got something hidden and he doesn't see it. And if I come to him and ask him, he'll know. You know what I'm saying? It's silly, isn't it? He already knows. And he loves you. He wants you to confess and bring things into light. So if you're not living in the light, hardens and disconnects your heart. You're not living in community. Or you can be encouraged. You're going to be attacked by the enemy because you're on your own. Trying to build up your faith all week on your own. And you're going to get accused by the enemy. And you're going to get attacked. And you're going to get discouraged. It happens. We all get attacked. That's why we need community. That's why we need each other. That's why we need to pray for each other. Tell each other I need prayer. Not just like nobody called me. No, the Bible says if anyone's sick, let him call the elders. Let him call the elders. It doesn't say the elders should call or the church should call. The church should call. No, it says let him call the elders. If you're going through something, you should be calling somebody. This is what the word says. What I'm saying is if we get, we get sucked into the depression, we get sucked into the shame, we get sucked into these things and it hardens our heart or we don't want to listen, right? A fool hates correction and we don't want to listen. Right? That's the hardness of heart. See, these things shut down our ability to hear God. But the opposite is true, isn't it? That if we'll confess the sin, if we'll humble our hearts before God, if we'll believe Him, believe His promises, believe that He's for us, believe forgiveness is, is enough, believe that He's working in us to want to do. If we'll do that, we'll be able to hear the Lord. I love what Jesus says in Matthew uh, 11, Matthew 11, verse 25. He says this, he's talking to the Father, and he's praying. 
And he says, verse 25, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father. You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus is the one revealing the Father. But he says, Father, you've hidden these from the wise and the learned. But you've revealed them to babes, infants, children. Do you know who he's talking about, right? He's talking about the disciples. He just called them children. Right there talking to the Father. Father, I thank you that you've hidden these things from the wise and learned. The people who trust in their learning. By the way, he was talking about the Pharisees who knew the Bible and had memorized it. And because they leaned on their own interpretation and understanding, had a wrong view of God, they completely missed it. Jesus says, how can you believe God when you want the praise of men instead of the praise of God? He said of the Pharisees in John 5 that what they really wanted was for people to say, you are so amazing. They wanted approval. That had become their idol, their God, and it shut down even their ability to know God. He said, you know the Bible. You said, you search the scriptures, but you you don't come to me. Because they point to me. They knew they were reading the Bible and they couldn't hear the Lord. They couldn't see that the Savior of the world, God and human flesh, is right there in front of them. So Jesus prays and he says, Father, I thank you, Lord. You, you, it's your good pleasure to hide these things from the proud, from the people who think they got it all figured out, leaning on their own human reasoning. And we're not talking about people who are humbly studying and searching the scriptures. No, no, no. Don't think like you should be like, uh, like a dummy. Right? We're not talking about being ro- excuse me, robots. No, no. Searching the scriptures diligently and studying the word. That, that, you can do that in pride or humility. He's talking about people who are trusting in their own mindset and their own human reasoning. He says, but I thank you, Father, you revealed these to babes. Meaning that these disciples had childlike faith and humility and dependence and they were coming to him. And notice, Jesus says, the son reveals the father to whom he wills. To whom he wills. People miss Interpret these verses. Take them out of context and think, well, Jesus is picking and choosing people, right? No, because the next thing he says is come to me. Come to me, verse 28. All of you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which means his teaching. It's a metaphor for come, hear, do. Come to me. Hear my teachings. Do them. Same, he says the same thing over and over again, doesn't he? He says, come to me. You're weary. You're trying to do this in your own human effort. You're trying to be religious. He says, come to me, me. And then he says, take my yoke, which means it's teaching. Sit at my feet, hear my word, listen to me. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn my ways. For I am gentle and lonely in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he doing? He's inviting everybody because that's what he wants. His will is to reveal this to people who would humble themselves and say, God, I'm done doing it in my own effort. I'm done leaning on my own understanding. I need you. I need you. Hearing God isn't necessarily a skill that you need to figure out. It's not a work that you need to earn. Like you're some lesser Christian. Some of you feel like, oh, I don't hear God or something. And I told you last week, don't say that anymore. Why? Begin to thank the Lord for what his word says about you, that you're a child of God and you can hear his voice. Why? Because that's where faith begins. Faith begins when the will of God is known. Faith begins when you agree with the word. I don't necessarily focus on hearing the Lord. I focus on building my faith. Over the last decade or more, I've really grown in hearing the Lord in just my normal life. What has grown has probably been, yes, maybe the frequency of hearing Him, maybe the clarity of hearing Him, but I'll tell you, I don't think it's those things. What has increased is my confidence that when He speaks, I've heard Him. It will help for me to explain some of the ways he speaks to you and some of the ways we discern between 
is this my feelings? Is this God? Is this, what is, you know, which way, you know, am I walking in the flesh or the spirit? Yeah, sure. We have a battle going inside us between flesh and spirit and we need our minds renewed. But listen, what I do is instead of trying to figure it out, I'll try to, okay, I mean, I think I used to kind of do this. Okay, Lord, speak. You know, I'm like, if you could just focus, if you could just be not ADD, that's how we feel. It's not true. If you could just not be you, basically, is what we feel like. No, you can be the ADD you and the not totally focused, but listen, here's what it is. If you'd seek God in the word, if you'd cry out to God, humbling yourself before the Lord and saying, I need you, God. If you would seek the Lord, if you would study the word, if you would worship, be filled with the Spirit, speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, if you'd meditate the word day and night, if don't worry about trying to figure things out and just say, Lord, I'm coming after you. I'm going to seek you and I'm going to get into your word. And now in the midst of that, you cry out to God and say, God, I don't have the ability. I don't have the wisdom. I need you. That's humility, isn't it? You're the vine. I'm the branch. I can do nothing apart from you. That's humility. That's childlike faith. And you come to me and say, I need you to speak to me. God, I'm asking you. I'm crying out to you. I guarantee you will hear the Lord. And the question is, when you hear the Lord, will you believe it? See, a lot of people come and tell me, I don't hear God. And I like to mess with them a little bit. I say, oh, really? Like I have this friend who used to come to our church. He, he moved away. And he was telling me that he was really discouraged, right? And say, I don't hear God and all this stuff. And so I, I just said, hey, I understand, brother. And I, you know, comfort him and relate to him and ask him. So now we're just dialoguing. We're just dialoguing back and forth. How are you doing? And this guy is my hero because even though he struggles in his faith, he never gives up, all right? But he's discouraged. He doesn't feel like it's meant anything, all this stuff that he's been trying to press into God with. And I, I, I would listen and, what, you know, what's going on? And I would encourage him, like, no, 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 you've made progress. This is what God's doing in you. And help him to see that actually he was growing. It was just these accusations, discouragement, right? And then as we're talking, and I'm asking him questions, and I'm just listening to his journey, and I'm encouraging him, he says to me, yeah, and the other day I was reading my Bible, and I realized that God, you know, loves me, and I've been trying to earn this, and blah, blah, blah. And he just starts, he's talking. I said, well, hold on a sec, hold on a sec. You told me you don't hear God. Well, no, I don't, I don't really hear God. I just, I mean, I was just reading the Bible, and I just realized something. And I said, as <laughs> I told him, I'm really comforting. I said, oh, I know the difference between you and me. I just give God credit. See, he used the word, and I'm fine with the language. Well, I just realized that. I just realized that. I just realized. And I said, brother, do you realize that was God revealing the word to you? You came to understand that truth for you that would break strongholds in your life. You heard God. That was the Holy Spirit bringing illumination to the word. Really? I said, yeah, I just don't. I said, I've kind of over time, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes maybe we should use that kind of language. Like, oh, I, I realize this or something. But I, for me, I like to give God credit. I'm not trying to be like super spiritual or, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be like prideful or, oh, look at me, I hear God. No, I'm actually just trying to give God credit. Why? Because that's part of the hearing of faith. Because it's a confidence that says, yeah, I was reading the word and all of a sudden this principle just jumped out at me and I knew this was for me and I need to apply it, like forgiving somebody I have a complaint against, and I say, God showed me that. What gives you the confidence to do that? Well, it's his Bible. Do you think I'm really good enough to actually see through my own unforgiveness? No, we need correction, don't we? And we need encouragement. This is what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants you to understand he is real and he really wants a friendship with you. He really wants to journey with you and he really wants to talk with you and you can hear him. I love it in Proverbs chapter three. This is a prophetic word for somebody here. In Proverbs chapter three, it says, don't, don't be discouraged when the father disciplines you. He says the father disciplines or corrects whom he loves and delights in. You know, that's what the father wants to do with you. Father wants to hang out with you. God wants to be a friend to you, a father to you, and he wants you to walk with him and actually believe that he is real and really on your side and knows everything about everything. Why are we looking to all these other things and people and all this stuff when we have the God who knows everything right there with us, the parakletos, Holy Spirit, walking with us, right? And the Lord wants to be like this to you. He wants you to believe. 
he's my dad and he likes me and so he's going to correct me. See, I hang out with my kids all the time, right? And sometimes we just play games, right? Mario on the Wii or the puzzle with Emma or whatever. And we just talk. We drive in the car. But all the time, I'm correcting my kids, you know? Probably I do that more than anything. No, I'm joking. You know, you just say, hey, Sometimes you say, hey, don't do that. But most of the time, the correction isn't like that. Most of the time, it's sitting with them and talking with them about loving people or being kind to people. Or it's talking with my son about actually how business works and how you can, how, what the difference between an entrepreneur is versus having, right? We have these kind of conversations, okay? How to invest money and stuff. I mean, they just come up randomly, right? And we talk about spiritual things. We talk about life things. And we talk about work or we talk about family. We talk about kindness what, what am I doing? I'm just trying to be love, right? I'm just trying to love and delight in my kids. If I didn't like them, I would just ignore them or not talk with them or not hang out with them and I wouldn't correct them and I wouldn't give them wisdom. Do you see that's what dad wants to do? The Bible is full of truth and wisdom for you. You open up the Bible and you're sitting down with your dad. You're sitting down with your friend. You're, you're, you're praying and you're meditating the word or you're listening to a sermon like this and the Lord is speaking to you, wants to expose things in your life or confront you with things or correct you or encourage you or give you a revelation about his love. This is what God wants to do. And the Lord is speaking. And the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? That's the question. See, I'm convinced right here today, you're hearing the Lord, many of you. I'm convinced you're going through your day and the Lord wants to whisper things to you. I'm, I'm convinced if you'll stop and you'll ask him for direction, he'll witness things to your spirit. I'm convinced if you'll cry out to the Lord and humble yourself. And many of you are doing that. I know that. I know many of you are doing that. Many of you. There might be some areas of hardness of heart and some of you might have a hard heart. But I know most of us, we're seeking the Lord. We're crying out. We're saying, Lord, show me, show me, show me. Speak to me. And what I'm saying, you don't need to worry. You don't need to try to freak, it out, freak out or try to control God or anything. Just do that. Cry out to the Lord. Seek the Lord, but when he speaks to you, when he speaks to you, you believe it. You believe it. Because a lot of times the enemy wants to rob it from you. The Lord's going to give you a strategy. Maybe even today you're hearing the Lord. And if you'll take the word and you'll hold on to it and believe his word to you, and you'll implement those things into your life, you'll get the breakthrough. He's giving you the strategies that you need. But the question is whether, not whether he's speaking, but whether you're believing it, whether you're receiving it. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's do that. Let's receive from the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up and receive from him. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Begin to ask the Lord to speak to you. Begin to invite the Lord. You can whisper underneath your breath. You know, you don't have to be loud, but you also don't have to be silent. You can just talk to the Lord quietly. Talk to him out loud. And you, can begin to, you can begin to humble your heart right now. You can tell the Lord if there was something today that you realized might be hindering you from hearing him. Just even that statement that says, I don't hear God or God doesn't speak to me, even that right there is an accusation. I just want to invite you, confess that to the Lord. Repent. If there's been pride in your heart, if you've been looking to your own human wisdom and intuition, rather than saying, Lord, you know, thank you for making me smart, but Lord, I don't know the future. I need you. 